Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast number 15, where we will be discussing episode 12, Solaria Park. In this episode, Venom hides a heat ray weapon in an amusement park. So we will break that down for you in this episode. But first, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, my partner in crime, the Jimmy to my Billy Lee, my buddy Wyatt. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? You can probably hear a little bit. You can hear little mini Scott Tracker (laughs) screaming in the background at uh, Mask Headquarters. Well, nothing changes then. No. From the cartoon. No. (laughs) Did you get my reference? Billy Lee and Jimmy. You really, really stumped me this time. Those are the uh, Double Dragon brothers. I didn't play too much Double Dragon when I was growing up. I'm sorry. I was more the the Mario Brothers. Kind of the standard. Well, I used rep. Mario Brothers last week, so, so I jumped over to Double Dragon this week. Anyway, um, thanks everybody for tuning in this week. Uh, we are going to just a little programming note. We are going to be skipping next week while I am on vacation. I guess, quote-unquote, vacation. And our next mass cast will probably be on June the 29th, which will be two weeks from this Friday. And uh, so we just wanted to pass along that little programming note. So are you ready to go on an adventure ride through Solaria Park? I'm ready to start the beloved mass cast. So, we open up and come upon T-Bob and Scott swabbing the deck of Matt's sailboat as they are floating on the Aegean Sea, uh, preparing to go exploring on a Greek island, and it just so happens Matt has Thunderhawk shipped ahead just in case they might need him, you know, to go exploring or something. Land ho! Who's ready to go exploring a Greek island? I've had the Thunderhawk shipped ahead. Exploring? No way. I'm too tired. Tired? Your first trip to the Aegean Sea and you say you're tired? Getting here is what made me tired. Is sailing stuff is hard work. My question is, how do they ship him? Did he take the big plane? Or did he, like, crate it up and send it over on a ship, like FedEx, or what? (laughs) Good question. I I don't know. Doesn't really, uh, we don't use the transport plane in this episode so who knows yeah but uh anyway so scott is too tired from their sailing so bruce volunteers to watch them while matt decides to go exploring on his own and it's just weird i realize there's an adult there to watch him but wouldn't you think a, a dad would really be eager to bring the son to go exploring on a on a new island a new place well yeah i guess so uh 
they do say they're tired, but you know, when you got Thunderhawk waiting for you, that's probably his baby it, more than Scott was. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing that, and later in this episode, I think we'll find that out even more. So next, we see Scott and T. Bob. Th- this was the the. I don't know where to go with this, really, but it's like they really see some more emotion out of T-Bob again. But they're aching about their muscles, and now Scott addresses the issue that T-Bob, you know, can't be tired. T-Bob's sitting over there going, I'm tired. I'm worn out. Every muscle in my body hurts. Mine, too. You're a machine. You can't be tired. Can I be overloaded? Low on power, worn out, and in desperate need of an overhaul? Yes. Then that's what I am. I'd never want to go sailing again. Of course, T-Bob's a robot, so he tries to come up with mechanical uh, wording for it. So he goes, I'm worn out. I need an overhaul. Yeah, he's... I don't know. You seem to notice each week now there's more and more emotions tied to T-Bob, but... Well, you know, that's the way they were basically used this episode was just a little sidebar humor. Weren't really involved with the story. Right. So as they're laying there and belly aching about their joints and <laughs> being sore from doing all that work on the ship, T-Bob, he says in passing, well, I guess they're going to make us put out that fire, too. And they look up and they notice the ship's on fire and... Bruce, he grabs a blanket and kind of goes towards Scott and T-Bob. In the meantime, we see Matt. He's about ready to jump into Thunderhawk, and he notices from a distance the ship smoking. So he jumps in Thunderhawk and heads down towards the beach. He gets out and dives into the water, and as he's swimming towards the boat, Bruce and Scott and T-Bob are swimming towards him. And then once they make it back up onto shore, as Matt's boat is sinking, uh, Matt tells Bruce that it's time to investigate what basically caused the fire. Right. And what's, you know, what's astonishing is as useful of a tool that Thunderhawk could be, why did he not make a sweeping pass or, you know, do something with, a bomb or something to splash water and put the fire out. You know, why did yeah. he not do that? He just like parked it and decided to go, you know, stretching his arms and legs or something. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, we haven't seen any uh, freeze rays on Thunderhawk. Those have been on uh, Firecracker and Gator. We could yeah, we could use Gator right here to come up there and put the fire out for him. Right. But I guess he chose the wrong vehicle to have shipped ahead. I guess so. <laughs> so Matt, uh, Matt and Bruce, they're in Thunderhawk now. Matt tells him that they need to get to a higher place um, so they can maybe see where the fire might have started at the sails. Or anyway, they're go- they're going up this mountainous road and they stumble across this burnt area in the road. It's all black. And Matt gets the idea to take this area that they found and punch in the coordinates of where his ship was set on fire and to triangulate the direction of where this heat came from. Which I this was pretty cool that he kind of popped open this compartment like above the 
we've seen it before, I think, in Thunderhawk, but not necessarily used as a computer. Right. He uses that to, you know, punch in some coordinates and let the computer do the work. It was neat to actually see that. You know, we get to see more functions of of Thunderhawk and see what it can do, its computer. Um, you know, I, I was looking at this, and Bruce is actually stumped for once. You know, he usually has some kind of proverbial quip or something, and he's just stunned as they're going up the hill why they're actually going up to the mountain, not down to the ship where they think the fire started. But right. Matt is really investigative. He, he, I guess he wants to look for a taller higher view and he thinks because it hit from the mast that the fi- that's where the fire started not from a high point but in any event you know next we see thunderhawk transforming and ah there we go the blast of heat came from that direction let's see what's out there again the graphics have improved on Thunderhawk's transformation. I, I really liked what they're doing. I think this is the one that they end up sticking with throughout the rest of the cartoon. I believe you're correct in that, and I mean they should, you know, uh, offer the most with Thunderhawk since it's the main vehicle in the series. Right. Um, all the capabilities, and then of course, you know, all the different angles and animation they've been adding to it to see different it transform from different viewpoints. Um, that's I, I think they should be doing that. So, but it's good to see that. So back to the story. They uh, they while they're in the sky, they notice uh, Solaria Park, and uh, as they are admiring the park, Switchblade shows up, guns blazing. What an impressive looking amusement park! The whole island is owned by some eccentric millionaire. Oh. It's Mayhem in Switchblade. Is he the eccentric millionaire? We cut to Mayhem inside Switchblade saying, "We, I gotta keep these guys away from whatever, they're, the park. So they put the masks on in Thunderhawk, Spectrum and Lifter. And did you notice that Bruce, he fixes the seatbelt? Yeah, I noticed that. I, I don't know. <laughs> that was really interesting to see him actually fix the seatbelt for his helmet. Well, if the listeners will remember, I don't know, several episodes ago, um, I think it was the one where they're uh, at the movie theater. I One of my little annoyances was when they put the, the helmet on, the seatbelt is over the helmet, like, automatically. Well, he, like, adjusted in this one like they heard me or something <laughs> from before. They heard you 25 to, uh Yeah, they, uh, they had a time machine and heard me in the future, but... And it's funny Uh, because Bruce even makes a comment on this whole little blip here. You know, Matt's sitting there saying, you know, he's mad about something. And, of course, Bruce just like just kind of compounds this statement even further going, he's always mad about something. (laughs) Right. Then it goes on to Miles is trying to keep Mask away from his project, which we later find out is is uh, the Zeus statue, while Matt kind of lightens the mood by saying that flying is better than a ride at Solaria Park. Then Matt tries a move by killing the jet engines off the Thunderhawk, basically sends it into a nosedive. And here comes Miles right behind, and he's thinking it's too easy. So he just follows right along, and and the last possible moment, we see Matt kicking the jet engines in, which is kind of funny, 
because as they're doing the nosedive, they do a cutaway looking at the car, and I still see the jet blast rocking out from the exhaust. <laughs> but I didn't notice that. But in any event, you know, he recovers while Miles ends up crashing through the trees and you know ends up getting stuck and actually in a few of them. Okay, Let's see if he'll follow this move. This is almost too easy. And here I noticed where, out of all those trees, there wasn't a scratch on Switchblade. Yeah, they didn't really show any kind of damage to it, which I guess it would have helped out a little bit. But it showed me a little bit, too, that you know Switchblade isn't quite as agile as... Thunderhawk is, and I guess maybe, you know, it's bigger, it's heavier, hard for it to kind of pull back up from that big nose dive. but he he gives this uh, Scooby-Doo line to Mask, you mask meddlers! Right. And, uh, <laughs> you mask meddlers! And I, and I was, I just kind of rolled my eyes at that one. Right, and I kind of remembered, you know, I'm remi- I was reminded when, uh, you see Switchblade and Miles going through the trees. I'm reminded of uh, a little segment during Hot Shots when the guy's flying through and he goes, ouch, ooh, tree branch, oh, squirrel. Oh. <laughs> so I was sitting there thinking that when I'm watching it. I thought I was just, I don't know, maybe I was having a lighter mood that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, I love that movie. I haven't watched it in quite a while, but I do remember that part. Same here. So uh, Matt then states that Miles will be calling in help, so they better do the same. So he links up to the Boulder Hill computer. But did you notice that when he says that, it focuses in on the mansion? So I was a little kind of taken back, you know, the Boulder Hill computer mansion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess, you know, there is quite a distance between the mansion and Boulder Hill with him taking the little mask car underneath you know in the what we called the mask cave right and going to boulder hill in the earlier episodes but yeah i'm i i didn't really pay too much attention to that anyway so we get to the call up and this call up was just kind of unexciting uh nothing really new uh we get matt and bruce of course and brad he's just kind of practicing really right when he gets his call, Hondo's grading some papers. Uh, Dusty does the little, the same old, you know, routine with the twirling the pizza dough and just drops it and leaves. And then Gloria, really the only new one was from Gloria, where she's uh, trying on clothes at the mall or somewhere, and she kind of drops uh, what she was doing there, and or she hands the clothes back to the girl at the store. Right. And runs off, but I think is this the first one that we do not have Alex? I think it is. I think this is the first episode, which is odd to not have him there. But you know, Rhino's not there, so I'm thinking that's why he didn't get called up is because Rhino wasn't going to be there. And I'm wondering if that's supposed to be kind of a two-man vehicle. They have to have two people to kind of run, operate Rhino. Yeah, you're you're probably right. But yeah, it was just weird not having him in an episode. It's the first time it's it's happened. So then the team assembles. They're in uh, Boulder Hill. There's a brief little discussion with Matt 
on the big screen on the mass computer with them huddled around their table there about Solaria Park. It's real quick. And then Matt gives them the let's move, and or maybe it's Hondo that says let's move. Uh, we see basically Hondo's the one kind of leading the group while Matt is away right. again. Um, so they get up to the mask room. It's it's uh, they did it right this time. No, they didn't. The last they made a mistake. I caught it. Oh really? I saw the Jack Rabbit helmet in the rack on one of the clips. I can't remember, but I wanted to say when when it was looking down from the roof is oh, when okay. I noticed it. So it was one of those quick things, but. This time I was paying attention for something, a glitch there. <laughs> well, I was kind of looking too, and I noticed that Spectrum and Lifter were not there, which was good. Right. Because they had already established that they're in Greece and Thunderhawk. So I was glad that they took them out, and I didn't notice any, you know, people mad or anybody around the table like we did last right. week. But I missed, I guess I missed the, the Jack Rabbit mask being up in there, but. So we focus back on the on a hotel, which is where uh, Matt had set the Scott and T-Bob up at earlier. Uh, and Scott is thumbing through, I guess, magazines or something, looking for a new yacht for, you know, dad, rich daddy to buy. <laughs> and uh, T-Bob is having enough of going overboard, so he's complaining a little bit even more. And ends up, well, just doing that. He goes overboard into the pool. I've had enough jumping overboard. Thank you. I hate getting wet. At this point, there was just, for me, it was too much belly aching for T-Bob. Yeah. <laughs> just sit on him and, you know, keep him in the water and make him rust or something. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the team kind of at the edge of the, on a beach. Brad is kind of, you know, I don't know how to take him. But he's like, so this is Greece, huh? And then yeah, Gloria yeah, moves on. He says, she thinks it's, like, beautiful. And then Matt, like, stops right there. Uh, There's no time for sightseeing. Well, and then <laughs> they're off and going on their mission. But like you said earlier, there, there was no transport plane, nothing, not even a glimpse of how they got over there. So maybe they've now migrated, you know, moved up. Now they're doing the, the Star Trek beam me over trick i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean they introduced the plane and I mean, it would just been nice for the writers to incorporate that since they introduced it and now we're we're getting into all these kind of international episodes right from wherever they are in the u.s at boulder hill to get to greece i mean you know it's going to take maybe a day <laughs> but that would be at least a tie-in to to get them over there to use that transport plane so after they're done talking matt tells them the well they basically roll out to solaria park and there's to investigate and there's hondo kind of you know left behind right um, guys help me out here i can't go over water uh matt i hate to complain but uh firecracker doesn't exactly float you sit tight hondo we haven't forgotten about you the bird of prey has not only wings for flying, but feet for lifting. That was pretty neat to see, you know. You know, you see the whole gang just leave them. But then, <laughs> you know, they start... There's Hondo, picking on Hondo again. Yeah, Come but on. then they're, you know, Matt's like, we didn't forget about you. There's, then they're circling around, and Bruce uses the lifter beam. 
and gives Hondo a little uh, ride, you know. Yeah, it was cool. I I didn't mind that at all. Uh, I, I think he used another saying here, uh, Bruce, but uh, he uh, snatches him up with the lifter mask, and there they go across the water. Um, as they're going across, Brad notices something in the water from Condor, and we cut to Rax inside the Piranha sub. He sneaks up on uh, the gator boat, and he fires a heat-seeking torpedo at the gator boat. Uh, Hondo notice he notices a switchblade approaching as he's being, you know, lifted across the water, and. <laughs> Uh, switchblade starts firing and Matt starts taking evasive maneuvers in the in Thunderhawk and Hondo says uh, I feel like a baby swinging in a cradle <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I feel like a baby swinging in a cradle being all thrown around and everything while Bruce has still got him in the lifter mass beam right. I thought that was hilarious Yeah. so then we have Brad using his laser which he doesn't specify, you know, which laser it comes out of his mask. But anyway, nonetheless, he's he's trying to. Actually, it comes out of uh, it comes out the front of the bike. Does it? It looked like matter. I'm sorry. It laser. looks a lot like it was coming out of his mask. I guess I didn't look close enough or something. But uh, nonetheless, you know, he's shooting at it and he can't stop this torpedo. And Dusty, he's sitting there saying he's running out of fancy turns. It's too deep. The lasers won't penetrate. Well, I'm running out of fancy turns. Then they discover that after Dusty's, Dusty's suggestion, Aura now has a limitation and does not work underwater. So yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty cool that uh, they threw that in there. So you know, we're getting some kind of limitations uh, to the max. They aren't all powerful, you know? right? <laughs> like we've seen, you know, we've seen masks do many things. At but yeah, I mean that that was uh, I thought that was cool that they threw that in there. Right, but you know, with that limitation, she decides to uh, launch a whirlpool depth charge, which I thought was kind of unique. But you know, nonetheless, it is a cartoon, little sci-fi. Uh, she launches it into the water where she thinks it'll send the torpedo shooting out, so that she can use Aura to kind of redirect it back at Rax. And of course, it does work. So, and I kind of like Rax's subtlety. You know, he 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 has no. It's like almost sarcastic emotion. So it's not like, oh no, here it comes. It's more like, yeah, oh no, it's oh, coming geez. back. Oh geez, here we go again. <laughs> oh no, it's coming back. I really enjoy him. I'm hoping that uh, in our movie that the director will at least keep. I'm going off on a small tangent, but, you know, all our character traits that we wrote into the movie are very, very similar to what you see on the TV show. So you see Sly Rax's attitude. You see Dusty, you know, from, you know, down south country, middle of the woods accent. It's all there. So I'm hoping that the director, whomever it is, will honor that that perspective because – I, I think we're going to be rolling in the movies, not just for ma- not just captivated by the movie, but rolling because of all the comedy that we've uh, from their attitudes that we've written in. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. 
So after they take care of Rax, uh, or shoot the missile back at him, Hondo, he uses the hypno headlights to take care of Mayhem, who's still, you know, bothering them as they're trying to get across the water. Mayhem has to throw on the autopilot to get him out of there and out of the beam from these headlights that are making him kind of, I don't know, out of it. Right, and this is the <laughs> second time say. that Bruce is kind of stumped. Do you notice that? Because he's, he's, Hondo's wanting to turn and he's telling Bruce to do it. And Bruce is like, why? So yeah, yeah, then, then Hondo shows him why he wanted him to be turned. <laughs> Bruce, next time he comes back, lift me up and turn me around. Will do, Hondo. But what for? The hypno headlights. So. Uh, right, right, yeah. So anyway, Rax is still being chased, yeah. and he solemnly states, "This is going to be close." As he kind of gets thrust out of the water, and then he gets ejected out of the sub. Uh, Gloria and Dusty try to capture Rax, but discover that he's now vanished. And uh, poor old Dusty gets stumped again by Bruce's riddle, By but Matt states that Venom is using Solera Park as their source. Yeah, so after Rax disappears, Matt tells Hondo and, and Gator to check the island, uh, and Thunderhawk is going to go after Switchblade. Start checking out the island, Hondo. We're going after Mayhem. Go get him, Matt! So Matt tells Brad to, as they're chasing him down, to split up. Uh, Matt stays on the tail of Switchblade. Brad and Condor, he goes around the opposite way to the other side of the island. They're seemingly going to corner him. Right. And as they're chasing him, you know, Miles flies into the secret entrance in the side of the mountain. And they end up you know, almost kind of running into each other. They don't really say that, but they get around to the other side of the mountain and they're like, well, where'd he go? So at this point, Mask kind of regroups. Bruce stumps Dusty again. Take not with the hands when the shuffle lies waiting. Oh, Bruce, holy cow. He just means that whatever Venom is up to, Solaria Park must be involved. To me, there's too many Bruce sayings in this one. How about you? I think there's a few too many, but I also did like that they stumped Bruce. You know, he's al- he's always one to, uh, he has a comeback. He ha- always has some kind of proverbial yeah. saying, but you know, he was he was kind of behind on a couple of things. Yeah, well, that's true on this one, but I don't know. I think there's just too many in this episode to, for my opinion, but um so they decide to go to the park to look around. And then we finally see Venom inside the statue. They're all four of them are spying on Mask, really. And uh, Miles says that it's almost high noon, and nothing can stop us. They don't really go into too much detail, really, about the statue. Or I mean, they kind of zoom into the front of the statue to know they're inside, but that's about it at this time. Right. And then the Mask team, they. All they're finding is mirrors. They go into every one of these little rides and little storefronts and stuff, and it's just false. There's fake buildings, in other words, to house these mirrors. And we get another Bruce saying, and Miles finally greets Mask on the PA system. Right. And 
then all heck breaks loose. <laughs> right. And just before this, did you happen to notice um, the gator boat hitching a ride in the back of the firecracker truck? Yeah, I thought that was kind of silly. Uh, I don't know why. Well, I guess I do know why, since they left the, the jeep, jeep behind. Back at the beach somewhere. So he did need to hitch a ride somehow, but it was kind of funny. I guess that's the only seats that were available, but you see Gloria and Bre- uh, Dusty still sitting in the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like Jason said, you know, Miles welcomes them to the park, and then the earth just begins to quake as we see all of the, the mirrors break through all of these fake buildings. And Matt tells them to get out of there before they get trapped in. And, of course, they just narrowly make it when we see all the mirrors kind of attach and expand and well, transform into a big, huge solar collector. And Matt, this is what I was really actually impressed with because Matt is actually impressed with this huge solar collector. It's like he's captivated by it. Yes, he's he's kind of in awe of it. Right. So then uh, Matt says that the only way to destroy this solar collector will be to get Thunderhawk's thermite bombs to the base of the statue. Of course, the team is baffled at how to do this. But, of course, Matt has this plan worked out where he assures them that if everybody does their part, it'll work out. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, it <laughs> didn't really sit too well with me that he was going to go and just kind of almost casually, oh, I'll just sacrifice Thunderhawk for the team. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is his baby. I mean, this is what he had shipped ahead of him to Greece, you know, ahead of time to, you know, go joyriding in. But he's just going to, well, we need what we need to do is get the team together. We need to freeze it as cold as we can get it and then just basically <laughs> blow up the statue with the bombs, you know, attached to it. Let's move it. If I'm right, no weapon on Earth will be able to get near that thing once it's fully charged up. What first, Matt? We've got to get the Thunderhawk's thermite bombs down to the base of the statue. But, Matt, that old bomb won't get through a heat ray. It'll blow before it ever reaches the statue. Not if we all do our part. Him, the master planner here, he lands Thunderhawk on the side of this, like, mirrored satellite dish, this solar power collector. You know, even Condor getting close while this statue is shooting these beams at it. Um, He's, like, he's pushing it to the limit. Uh, starting to fall apart almost. Matt, uh, from the top of the solar power collector where Matt landed Thunderhawk, he bails out, and Bruce looks up and uses Lifter to grab Matt and bring him back to the ground. I thought this would have been a great time to use Spectrum Hang Glider. So did I. No. And I'm sitting there going, why did they do that when they know? I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't makes sense to me that they've used it. They just used it in the last episode and they didn't use it right. this time. So anyway, uh, Hondo and Dusty, they used the freeze cannons to freeze Thunderhawk into this big icy mess. Uh, Gloria uses Aura to send Thunderhawk sliding down this uh, solar power collector to the base of the statue where that's in the middle. Right. And then Mayhem, he's still not up to full power. Um, he's trying to melt the ice on Thunderhawk, and he has to has to do it. 
or you know, his plane is going to be foiled. I've got to melt that ice, but I still don't have full power. Let's get out of here. No, no! And then Thunderhawk finally slides down, it hits the base, and the statue, it, there's this big explosion, and the statue starts to collapse. Right, and this is where we see Venom escaping through their tunnels, and, you know, I was kind of thinking that maybe this is what Magma Bolt was actually built for, to also make some escape routes, because there's a lot of tunnels uh, made in the last episode, so now <laughs> Venom's using those holes, it looks like anyway, yeah. to get out of Dodge, so... uh but nonetheless, so we then see, you know, Thunderhawk is sacrificed to save the world while Dusty tries to calculate that seven years of bad luck for each mirror that uh, Venom broken. So, you know, they're going to be having a million years of bad luck. <laughs> so, and that that gives them, the team, a little quick laugh and on to our PSA. Yes, and we see Scott underneath this mystery car. He's working on the cars, uh, working underneath it, and he comes out. He's got dirt on his face, and Matt tells him, you know, son, are you are you sure to be safe underneath that car? And he's like, yes, I locked the wheels. I set the parking brake. And, of course, we see at the end that they were actually working on a new Thunderhawk to give to Matt. So that was a nice tie-in to the episode, but I don't think I'd want my, I don't know, what, maybe 10, 11, 12-year-old boy... <laughs> Working underneath a car. Right. And he didn't even say said that. You know, you're a little too young to be working on cars. Uh, you're a little young to be working on cars, aren't you? I hope you're doing it safely. Oh, sure I am. I have the handbrake set really tight and all the wheels blocked. Well, that's good. Uh, just whose car is this anyway? It's yours. We knew how much you missed the old Thunderhawk. So we all worked double time to get this new one ready. Uh, thanks. But at least they tied it in to the, to the episode somewhat, right. having destroyed Thunderhawk. So what was your rating? Well, I was a little on the critical side. A little. Uh, I gave it a four, uh, mainly because I was nitpicking. Uh, nitpicked, I, I kind of dinged it because of the jackrabbit mask being in the mask hanger, whatever it is up there, the mask rack. Um, the thruster being shown, you know, with the jets on when it was supposed to be turned off, uh, not using Spectrum hand liner, it just didn't make sense. You know, he has it. Why not use it? Them referring to the Boulder Hill computer when when they zoomed in on the mansion. Uh, otherwise, it was actually a very good story. I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing them actually sacrificing uh, the first Thunderhawk and the whole team. Uh, mostly Bruce and Scott, kind of making him another one. How about you? What did you give it? I was yeah, kind of along those lines. Um, if we were doing half points, I would have given it a three and a half, but I was feeling on the glasses half full, I guess, type of side, and I rounded up. I gave it a four as well. Um, I, the main kind of negative points were, I, I don't know, I think the story... Could have been a, done a little bit better. There wasn't any like real major crisis where you have 
venom threatening a city or country or whatever. It just so happened that Mask and Venom were together in Greece and basically just starting to use this weapon to, you know, threaten whoever they wanted to threaten it with. But right. I don't know, it was just kind of more of a coincidence that they were both there. But the other kind of negatives were there was very little Scott and T Bob and as much as, you know, sometimes we complain about them being too involved with the story, there's also negative to me with them not being involved really at all in the story. And th- we kind of saw that this time where they're just kind of used for humor uh, now and again. The call-up was kind of weak. We didn't see the transport plane. That was just more of a one of my annoyances. There's too many Bruce sayings. And again, like you said, no Spectrum hand glider in that one scene, which would have been perfect. But they fixed the seatbelt annoyance. Um, I thought that did good at the mask room with them leaving out the two masks they were supposed to. I like the lifter transport of Firecracker and the tie-in to the PSA at the end, so I was kind, and I rounded up to four. What so, similarities uh, did you happen to see in this one? There's one that I saw that I don't know if we should even reveal. And that's probably the one that I am thinking of, and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's too bad that we maybe give you a little spoiler to the movie that uh, Matt does smash Thunderhawk to beyond repair and he does get a new Thunderhawk. Was that yeah. the one you were thinking of? That's the one I was thinking of. We can't elaborate too much <laughs> on it because we really don't want to give you away the whole, you know, kitten caboodle, but I was a little wondering if we should reveal that. So hey, <laughs> anybody that's listening to the mask cast just got a little more another mask revealing of what our script is like. Uh bonus. Yes. That's right. Uh, another thing I saw, though, was uh, towards the end of the movie, uh, there's a similar flight uh, maneuvers between Thunderhawk and Switchblade. Uh, they're not over water or anything. The battle takes place actually uh, more towards the desert. But it's quite similar uh, where where both jets are coming very close to, to a hillside where they're having to pull up real, like, at the last second to try to survive. Yeah, so. yeah I remember that. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, let's check our poll real quick. Uh, right now, uh, we've got, I believe, nine votes. Actually, we got ten votes. Um, six of those votes are for good, uh, four, two for uh, five, and two for three. So, most of the people were basically along our lines, and then we'll check in real quick with our buddy Anna. Right, and she writes is, that this uh, episode includes some great action scenes, like the boat fire, the scene with Mayhem chasing Matt and Bruce where Mayhem ends up in the trees, and the scene with Gloria, Dusty, and the Heat seeking Torpedo. However, I get the feeling that large parts of this episode is sort of an introduction to what happens at the end. I think it's too little information about Venom's construction in Solaria Park, and very little time left of the episode to watch what it can do. That's a good yeah. point. You know, it, it could have been longer. Unfortunately, you know, these cartoons were only written for about a 22-minute time block. Unfortunately, it would have been nice to see a longer episode. I know at least on a couple of them. Yeah, I agree with her, too. It's It was just kind of too much of a coincidence, like I said before, that they right. were there and there should have been a little bit maybe a little more development. 
development there. But yeah, we're limited to 22 minutes, so and we're limited to about 40 minutes for our mass cast. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We're gonna tell you that the next episode we'll be covering will be episode 13, the creeping terror. And in this one, Venom unleashes a horde of giant caterpillars to destroy a South American jungle in hopes of finding a lost Mayan temple. So that ought to be interesting. And we hopefully will get another special edition of Mass Cast in the near future with a guest. Um, I have not heard back from him at this point, so I won't reveal just yet who. Uh, our guest will be but we have made contact with him before and we're just trying to set up a time now to get him on and talk a little mask cool i look forward to it because you know something i don't (laughs) (laughs) well i think you do you just maybe are forgetting uh forgetting who it is but we'll talk off the air and we'll go ahead and wrap this one up Alrighty, we had another great episode another great time and we will see you next time on MassCast. MassCast.